podcasting or the box office bomb squad this is where we're breaking down some of the biggest bombs that ever hit theaters and today's bomb is supernova welcome to the world of medical rescue vessel nightingale nine you want to tell me what you're doing out here i like deep space it's quiet <laughs> Prepare for rescue operation via dimension jump. Research says D-jump is great for your sexual stamina. Hallelujah. You can play with me whenever you want. I'm not saying anything's gonna happen between us, but if it does, I want you to understand that whatever happens on this ship stays on this ship. Hi, how summer. So, uh, <laughs> I got a lot to say. <laughs> when we get to that, there's a lot to say about this film. Yeah. So, I will, I will start with, as I always do, what it lost so we kind of understand where we're going with things. It had a worldwide gross, meaning the entire planet. It made fourteen point eight million. That's it <laughs> against a budget of ninety million. Uh, with with everything that happened, and boy, did stuff happen. This movie was estimated to lose around eighty three million dollars. This is a huge loss for a film that I've never even really heard of until now. Yeah, and there's so much. Uh, the behind the scenes stuff is just as ridiculous as this film. So I, I don't even want to start into it. Let's just, let's talk about it. Oh my God. Let's talk about it. All right. So first off, Thomas Lee, the director, not a real person. <laughs> not a real <laughs> the, person. The, no, the movie was directed by Walter Hill, the uh, producer was, of Alien and Aliens. It was directed by like five different people at well, different Walter times. Walter Hill did most of it. And then at the end, they brought in Francis Ford Coppola to cut the film into a different movie. Yeah, and there was one other person um, that uh, James Spader really wanted to have directed. Oh, yeah, at the very beginning, yeah. yeah because, uh, oh, uh, Jack, Jack Shoulder. Yeah, because somebody, somebody left... Uh, the film because he left. I just can't remember who it was. Um, Vincent D'Onofrio was originally supposed That's to it. be in the film. And then uh, Walter Hill, when Hill left, I believe, uh, I think I have that in my notes. Let me check here. Um, no, right. Coppola. Right. Oh, uh, yeah. Because Coppola just cut the film. All he did was cut it and he, like, he directed a few things, uh, including, and this is crazy. So in the movie, Dan, uh, uh, Lou Diamond Phillips and Robin Turney is it Turney? Yeah, Robin Tooney. They're in a relationship, and the relationship is that they're fucking all the time. Pretty much, they just yeah. won't stop fucking. Yeah. And like the joke is, they won't stop fucking. They're like, oh, they're all they fuck never square into this place. They're finding a dark corner to fucking. They make jokes about how often they have sex. So there were a lot of zero gravity sex scenes shot with those two. So when Coppola took over to cut it, he realized that he didn't feel the relationship between Angela Bassett and James Spader, two very serious people that have a very non-affectionate relationship, but clearly care for each other. He was like, nope, it needs to be more uh, in your face. So they took a outtake from the sex scene, <laughs> lightened Lou Diamond Phillips skin to look more like Spader, darkened Robin Tooney's skin to be a black woman because she's a white lady. And then they were like, yeah, that's them having sex. Cause they only, they only shot it from the shoulders down at that point. And that first off, Tooney and, and Bassett are not shaped the same at all. Bassett's no. significantly taller. Second Spader is like 
ripped in this movie. He's a big yeah. buff guy. And Lou Diamond Phillips is like a thin guy in this film. So the body shapes don't match at all. And it just feels racist to like change the skin color of characters and just say, yeah, they're the same color, so it must be the same person. I don't know, man. That's, and I, there's a lot of things about Francis Ford Coppola that I've been like, meow about, but that was a big one that I'm like, oh, man, dude, I can't believe you did that. Yeah, right? I mean, it couldn't have been that much more expensive to just go ahead and reshoot. Even well, if you yeah, reshot it to... with body doubles that were close and then put the faces on them. Well, and all he wanted was the relationship to be more clear. He could have literally just had them have a scene kissing. It did not need to be another zero-gravity sex scene randomly in the movie. Very true. Very true. We, we get a lot for PG-13. <laughs> There's a lot of TNA. <laughs> there, he, okay, so before this started, Jesse said, I can't believe this is PG-13. And I straight up called him a fucking liar. I was like, <laughs> there's no way this is a PG-13, man. There are so many boobs in it. Mm-hmm. Toonie's topless for a good 25% of her role. Yeah. <laughs> and and Spader's ass is, it might as well be one of the stars of the film. It's in there so much. <laughs> Him and the bad guy. Forget what his and name Fancinelli's. is. And Yeah, well, like one of the on, ongoing jokes is that Peter Facinelli, however, I'm, I might be saying that wrong. I apologize. His dick right. is huge or something. Because every time someone sees his dick, they're like, whoa, look at that dick. Well, and, Molly, uh, the, the first time we see him and you get that response, um, he, he says, I'm sorry, I've been alone for a long time and haven't been near a woman for a while. And it's like, what are you like? You yeah, know, he's like, rock bam, hard. Bam, 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 <laughs> oh, yeah. He's rock hard. He's walking around. <laughs> Just he's knocking, walking around knocking over mass. beakers. <laughs> yeah. And poor Meg to- or, uh, Robin Tooney, she's like five foot nothing. This guy is like six foot five. So, you know, it's like almost eye level with that woman. (laughs) (laughs) So, I have to talk about the trailer. (laughs) Do it. Because I did, I have never, I don't even remember why I watched this movie, but I watched it years and years and years ago. And, you know, I've watched it since. I didn't, I never saw a trailer. (laughs) Holy crap. With these films, when I watch them, what I do later is I look up all the trailers that came out for them. And what it does is it helps me to understand how this movie was pitched to people, to the regular person. I thought I was losing my fucking mind when I saw this trailer. At the beginning of the show, we play the sounds of the trailer. Yes, it starts with Fly by fucking Sugar Ray, which is beyond me why that's in there. Because it's a this is a horror film, but they start it with a, like, fucking summer my, I love my summer beat song and then it's like a three de- a three dog night song I think it's uh, Mama Told Me I can't remember uh, what song it I is but it follows up with another song and I'm like what is happening and even worse 90% of that fucking trailer is not even in the movie Yeah, I, there we see whole scenes that didn't happen there's a uh, so at one point there's like this weird like fetus and it's talking to uh nick who is james spader and it says help me in the trailer and i'm like that never fucking happened <laughs> there's never a space baby yeah because in the <laughs> apparently uh tr- that's troy that is who uh carl was pretending to be his son mm. and that when he touched the thing it de-aged him and turned him into a giant fetus and uh, spader was supposed to see this on that planet when he was down there on the mining colony, but we didn't get that. Oh. And then at one point you see like 
this the thing level monster that's all twisted and deformed and it's got like wires and machinery sticking out of it that is carl after the jump he fuses with the things around him and actually is still alive because he's so powerful so they don't quite kill him with the jump because he's like a demon at this point. He had like full demon makeup at one point. Um, In the movie, he dies as a bitch death, this randomly kind of almost off screen. Yeah. But yeah. this, they're like, but originally it was supposed to be this crazy, like, oh, let's jump. And since he's caught in that cage, he'll, he'll, his body will be twisted and turned inside out like Robert Forster was earlier in the film. Yeah. And we'll kill him. Fascinelli. But he survives it because he's so strong. Yeah, and Fascinelli was like this big heartthrob at the time, so they didn't want to put a whole bunch of makeup on his face. They wanted to capitalize on that beautiful mug. He's not yeah, instead, cute, really, when he gets but, superpowers, I mean, he loses his eyebrows, and they're like, yeah, he lost his eyebrows. That means he's a monster. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, loses his eyebrows and then gains like a... When oh, he I, gets Buffy the Vampire Slayer makeup. Well, I was thinking Buffy, but I was also thinking Lost Boys. Oh, yeah, 100%. Oh, yeah. It's, that, it's that real generic... Give him a furled brow and yeah. kind of like a pointy head, and they're like, "Yeah, it's a vampire." They Rawr. gave him Anakin eyes. Ugh. So, you made a point in Jupiter Ascending that the father deserved to die. Yes, I would like it to be known that from this point forward, I believe that the original captain deserved to die. Robert Forster. Robert Forster. Okay, deserved to die. First off, I love Robert Forster. He's in Jackie Brown, one of my favorite films. Mm-hmm. I just love his performance. I think he's a great actor that just really brings a lot of like depth to what he does. Uh, he does nothing in this film. He was throwaway. We meet him. When we meet him, he is literally making a documentary about Tom and Jerry being violent. I don't know what the hell it is going on. It was his doctorate dissert- or his PhD, I think, uh, dissertation. It was about Tom and Jerry being violent. Yeah, it was about <laughs> violent cartoons in the 20th century and how they were banned via uh, statutory law and all this different stuff. That Boy. he says that like as he's going. I uh, I, I phased out on that you, when he you was, can like, barely hear on. it because they're zooming out of the cockpit oh, okay, and it's yeah, like yeah. background noise. But if you turn it up, you can hear what he's saying. And yeah, I mean it. I guess it kind of makes sense. But here's my point. <clears throat> so. Number one. Because yeah, I, I definitely want you, you were passionately like, listen, before we started, I want everyone to know this. Before we started, Jesse goes, by the way, the captain deserved to die. And I go, oh, uh, the the Spader or Forster? He goes, Forster. He was very serious about it. So I do want to hear why he thinks this captain deserves to die, who, in my opinion, seems like he he sacrificed his life for the doctor, but I want to hear what Jesse has to say about this. Why did he deserve to die, Jesse? So when bad guy uh, calls the ship, okay, when he calls for help, he doesn't call their company, their whatever group for help. He calls calls the ship ship directly. They talk about the fact that there are ships closer to this call than they are. Dimension mm-hmm. jump is an extremely dangerous thing. So number one, this man has put his entire crew at jeopardy for a call that could have been handled by a crew that would have had less chance of being injured on the way. Okay. Now the argument can be made that when you're in your pod, there's no chance of injury anyway, as far as they're concerned. Obviously we know that's not the truth. Exactly. But he does this knowing 
that one of the pods is a failure a, because he swaps with Angela Bassett knowing and wouldn't tell her why. Do you think he was committing suicide? Basically. He was, I, he, but he's studying for a PhD. So I don't think he's like, I, I don't think he's necessarily committing suicide as much as he is sacrificing himself, but it's a complete and utter wasteful sacrifice because yeah, he put himself in the situation where the death would happen. He didn't need to be in that situation. No, he didn't. Matter he of fact, when they hear the one name, cause they're like Carl, all we know is that the doctor says that's a bad person. Yeah. That's the, that's a, a nightmare. The, the worst nightmare I've ever had. And I'm like, Oh, let him die. Then send that's another fine. ship. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I agree with you. Like why they took this job. I, I don't even know how to say it. Why they decided to do this doesn't make any sense. No. So he, he earned every last bit of his flesh being attached to the glass of his pot. Oh, yeah. He gets turned into a fucking... He gets, like, fused to the glass, and they're like, oh, he's still alive. I'm like, let let him die. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. Because <laughs> whenever the glass falls over, because apparently those things fall over on a bumpy ride, um, when the glass falls over and it shatters and he dies... He does. He is no longer anything resembling a human. He just sort of has a human face that's merged into the glass, very a la the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. It, it, um, so yeah, he 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 earned that one hundred percent. All right. I mean, I'm not going <laughs> to disagree with you because he felt it felt like it. It was cool that he was like, well, the doctor's more important. So if there is going to be a failure, I would rather the doctor make it through here because blah, blah, blah. That's all fine. That's very noble if there was an emergency that they had to get to. But this was a non-emergency situation, a beacon for one person from what they could tell mm-hmm. when there were many ships closer. So, so he risked and, the lives of six people for one person. And not only risked, caused the death yeah. of yeah. multiple people. Two, not Spoiler alert, of the... Six crew members and the guy that they find and the robot Flyboy, hmm. only two people survive. Yeah, and and my, we'll skip right to the end real quick. What a fucking lame ending! Whenever <laughs> the computer's like, two percent of your DNA has been trans uh, transferred over, so they have different. They have each other's eyes now, like different colored eyes. She has my, and eyes. then they're like, and you're pregnant. And I'm like, what? <laughs> makes no fucking sense. It was so <laughs> stupid. That felt like an ending that they tacked on there so there was a happy ending because it were, apparently the original ending was the the Nova's coming regardless and it'll hit Earth in 257 years and the Earth will be destroyed. And there's nothing you can do to stop it. Yeah. That was it, the original ending. To me, it felt like they wanted a sequel. Because, you know, the baby. They threw the... <laughs> the weird demon egg into the supernova. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't know though. I mean it, it it's ninth dimensional matter. Who knows? Ninth dimension. I love when they said ninth dimension. <laughs> I'm I mean, like, oh, you've never well, just there's... gone down to the store, pop down there to grab some ninth dimensional matter in a three-dimensional yeah. What about 5 through 8? What are the 5 through 8 dimensions? We've heard of all four dimensions. Hmm. I don't know what 5 through 8 are, but then there's ninth yeah, mathematics can explain it, but the human language doesn't contain words necessary to explain ninth dimensional matter. <laughs> I do like the, the computer. ship. <laughs> yeah, I like the ship is like an exposition dump so often. 
a little bit. Yeah. Like when we meet uh, when we meet uh, Nick, it's like blah blah blah. Gotta get those numbers up. I was like, oh boy. <laughs> and then there's like everyone's in a relationship in this. Nick has the hots for the doctor. The doctor's kind of cold, but kind of warms up to him once the cap the original captain dies. And they have a they have an interesting relationship because I, I can see these two together. They feel like a, a real like oh we're both very serious. Sure, yeah. And then there's the horny couple, which is Lou Diamond Phillips with a little bit of gray in his hair, and that's in there just so they can de-age him a little bit and give him no gray hair. And then uh, Robin Tooney is his girlfriend. They're just nonstop fucking. They're always having sex. Yeah, and they are and completely the, throwaway characters, too. Oh, so bad. I don't even know what their jobs were on the ship. They're both like, we're medical professionals. And I'm like, nah, I never see you guys do anything. You're practicing anatomy. <laughs> yeah. Give me that. The last <laughs> member is in a relationship. He's he's interesting. Um, the I think that they were trying to play that he maybe was gay. I'm, I'm not sure what his character was. The one that's in love with the ship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I forget. Uh, I forget the character's name. It was. He has a lame death. Oh gosh, he does. Benjamin. Wilson, yeah, Ben. Wilson yeah. Cruz, Benjamin. Um, he just kind of gets thrown under the wall a few times and dies. Yeah, and it's a bummer to me because honestly, that the James Spader, Angela Bassett are obviously in the way the film is our most two int- our most interesting <laughs> characters. Honestly, oh, by everyone far. else is Spader... thrown away. Spader's very interesting because he's so serious the entire mm-hmm. time. And he kind of, from the beginning, has, like, suspicions on everything. Yeah. And he's right, by the way. Oh, yeah. And then they randomly throw in that he was a drug addict at some point, which is fucking stupid. It's like throwaway late in the movie. Oh, yeah, you were addicted to Hayes. I was like, what? Yeah. That Hayes is some future drug. And then you have Angela Bassett, who is, like, a person who's kind of walled herself off from the world because she found out she can't have children. So... She is just very, I'm just doing my job and I'm just here to get things done. Uh, and those two being so cold and distant, falling for each other was interesting. Yeah, and by I far think, the most interesting characters. And I wanted more of Benji and the, or, you know, Benjamin, Benji, whatever you want to call him, and the computer. Because honestly, you know, the computer's not supposed to be sentient. It's an AI. Yeah, but we clearly... But- they it, give us a hint at the beginning that maybe she is. Well, not only and, that, but he says that he uploaded uh, or he changed her programming on the last tour to give her traits of a human to see if she could become sentient. It's so, so weird, though, because it never comes back until the very end. No. It, it would have been nice to see a couple moments where it was a thing. Because I feel like at a moment, whenever they're flying, to, uh, when Nick is flying the, the shuttle down to the mining colony, he says... Come on, uh, sweetie, where's your sense of humor? And she says, I was made without one like you. And I thought that was funny. And I feel like yeah. he should have came back with, wow, those upgrades that Benjamin gave you are uh, really, really something. You know, just something to kind of reference like, hey, this is her evolving, by the way. Yeah. But and- the movie, it, like, I, I hate when movies hold your hands too much. Mm-hmm. But they also shouldn't just drop in the end, by the way, the computer's becoming intelligent. And you're like, oh, it is? What the fuck? <laughs> like, this yeah. is a thing? Because the movie deals with space magic and also this? <laughs> yeah. So it, I was like, what the f-? I love the exchange uh, as they're playing gin between um, Benjamin and um, Nick. Because, you know, at one point, Benjamin's telling him all the stuff that he's been doing. And he's like, well, if they found out, I'd be dead. And uh, he goes, but it's not like you're going to turn me in, are you? 
And James Spader says, you don't know me well enough to make that assumption. Just completely deadpan. And then the computer oh, yeah. hops in and says, Benjamin, I see there, judging by Nick's vital signs, I believe there's a 70% chance that he will, in fact, turn you in. <laughs> you <know? laughs> yeah. There's some moments that are pretty good. Like, I, I love the line whenever uh, the bad guy's like, yeah, of course I didn't tell you about it. I'm a treasure hunter. I found this thing. It looks expensive. We're, I'm going to make millions off, billions off of it, maybe. And I guess I'll let you guys in on it. And Spader is just a fucking ass about it. Rightfully so. Like, okay, this guy lied to us once already. Yeah. We can't trust him. But then whenever he's, like, walking away and Angela Bassett's character is like, hey, uh, so, you know, what's up? And he goes, worst case scenario, that thing's bad news and he's lying to us. Uh, best case scenario, he's just a kid trying to make some money and I owe him an apology. And it was like a moment where he clearly is putting on this tough guy persona. And I was like, oh, cool. We get a little bit of insight on him. They never do it again. No. no. We never get a soft moment of him ever again. We get the pair thing. Uh, that's a soft moment between him and the doctor. But I feel like that that's that's kind of him with her. He feels like he – because at the beginning, she even says, like, you should be friends with the other people as well. You can't just come here and see me all the time. So it's clear that he can at least relate to her in some way. And he can't relate to the other ones, which is good because they all fucking just get shot out of goddamn uh, port and that's how they die. I mean, Lou Diamond Phillips, they're uh, apparently, and you can find the scene on the Blu-ray if you buy it, but Lou Diamond Phillips apparently gets his head crushed and like mm-hmm. they did like a makeup test for it and like had his eyes pop out and his whole head got fucking demolished. But then they're like... Yeah, we're gonna keep it PG thirteen and cut that out. So instead, we see we see bad guy Carl grab Lou Diamond Phillips' head, and then it just cuts to him putting him in a garbage chute. Yeah, and I'm like, oh well, that was stupid. Which was I, I, conveniently the... human shaped. Yeah. Oh yeah. The garbage <laughs> chute is always big enough to put a whole human in there. A big <laughs> human, by the way. Yeah. Lou Diamond Phillips is not a short man. No. And at this point, like, he was like, I can almost out, understand. Uh, I can almost understand Tooney going in there because she's little. But like, he also can get Lou Diamond Phillips in that thing. I'm like, uh, that seems odd. <laughs> you think the ship would be like, "Hey, he's shooting humans out. We shouldn't do this." But the <laughs> ship never helps anybody. By the way, no, not of her own free will, not at all. No, yeah, it, it's like they're like, "Hey, where's this person at?" And then all of a sudden, she can say, "Oh, it's there. He's there," and it's like. There's a line, though, that Benjamin has, and it's supposed to be dramatic. He's like, your number one focus is to protect human life. And I'm like, bullshit. She never fucking protects human life. (laughs) She doesn't do a goddamn thing to protect human life. She's like, oh, uh, yeah, I guess it's fine that he's going to put her in a garbage chute and kill her. All right, whatever. She's dead. Eh, well, it looks like uh, he's going to fight. Like, you could have said anything, but instead she's just like, lets people die. Yeah. Hey guys, there's a there's a little bit of a scuffle down in the lab. Might want to get down there, you know. Another good smart ass moment of the ship, by the way. You're talking about a good smart ass ship. Uh, what are the odds that he can get out of that cell? It cuts to him. He kicks the cell open. She goes very high. <laughs> like just the way she says it, you're like, wow, wow, yeah. So many butts. Yeah. They keep saying Carl. The entire time, they're like, Carl, Carl, because that's the bad guy. Sure. But when I hear Carl, I only hear two voices in my head. <laughs> if I'm not <laughs> hearing if I'm not hearing Carl from Aqua Teen, yeah. going, oh, hey, you guys. <laughs> you know, I just imagine him as like, you guys, I found this alien, uh, I found this alien doohickey, and uh, now I got big knuckles. Because he gets really big knuckles <laughs> for some reason. 
anytime I could actually separate that Carl away, I always thought, Corsa. And I thought, that Carl. Yeah. From fucking Jimmy Neutron. Awesome. <laughs> uh, the music is so funny, though, because, like, if you didn't know Carl was a bad guy, the music's going to give it away, because as soon as he shows up, it's like, dun, 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 dun. Yeah. His introduction is that music. Like, at least give us a moment to think he's not a villain. Yeah. Give us no, anything. Not not even remotely. Like you said, he, he couldn't be more the movie's villain if he, if he was twirling his mustache. Yeah, I, I, I even said that to Jesse. I go, this guy might as well have a fucking mustache twirling the thing. Because he's just always like, oh, you won't take 5%, will you? <laughs> I guess I'll have to kill you. <laughs> well, I'm not your ridiculous. friend. <laughs> yeah, oh boy. <laughs> and then uh, it's funny because uh, the again the music is just so heavy handed. Whenever uh, the doctor and the, the new captain James Spader and Angela Bassett are together, it goes to them like, "Oh hey, look, it looks like they're gonna have sex." And then the music straight up is like, "It's like straight up porn music." I'm like, "What the fuck? Who put this soundtrack together?" Yeah, Probably the, the same idiot who decided that Fly by fucking. Sugar Ray should be in the trailer. It's, it's not an awesome soundtrack. Um, talking about the filmography with soundtrack, there is one scene, and I literally, I'm going to read my note here verbatim. The scene in the mine was a chopped up mess of filmmaking. It makes my brain, eyes, and butthole hurt. Oh, the the <laughs> when the machines start attacking? Yeah, it, oh my God, there is a cut every two seconds. I did it. I'm a glutton for punishment. In 48 seconds of film in the mining scene, there are approximately 34 cuts. I say approximately because, good God, if one of you guys could count that in that mess, I would appreciate it because I counted it twice. I got 34 full times. There. I did the work so you don't have to. From one thing to another. He can control machines? Apparently, Carl can. I mean, he's... He never controlled machines on the ship. There's machines everywhere. Matter of fact, Spader uses a machine to trap him with the little claw thing, cut his arm off, and trap him. Why couldn't you control those machines? I think he was controlling from the bridge of the ship. But I don't know... The ship let him do that? The ship let him attack the the captain? The ship didn't give two shits about him. Sweetie's the villain of this film. (laughs) Even whenever the guy's like, I love you, sweetie, she's like, I knew that. Yeah, she lets the, him die. She doesn't do whole, anything to save him. The whole movie could have been prevented with an AI who is actually doing her job. Yeah. I, well, I guess Benjamin's to blame. He's the one who fucked with it, I guess. Yeah, maybe he broke it. Maybe that's maybe that's the the takeaway. Don't fuck with an AI. God, horniest space movie ever, man. Everybody's just getting naked and banging, talking yeah. about dicks and butts. <laughs> Or bad guys walking around with a hammer, swinging it, knocking beakers yeah. off of shelves. And now, a word from our sponsor. And now back to our regularly scheduled program. I, I love that, like, James Spader in this movie, it's just a series of overly serious monologues. <laughs> like, every time he talks, it's for a solid 30 seconds or more. Yeah. And it's just a monologue of him being way too serious. I like that character because it's like, oh boy, this guy is... <laughs> deadly serious about it's a everything. cool character yeah i mean even whenever they're like at the end they're like oh we got to be in the same thing and he goes you go in i'll stay out she and she's like listen that ain't how it's gonna happen either we're both out here and we both die or we both go in and maybe we both die 
And he's like, fine, this is fine. And he gets in and he's like, I can think of more acceptable ways to die. And it's like, even his like flirting with her is like very serious. Cause the, obviously the joke is, Hey, why don't you cuddle up with hot naked Angela Bassett in a fucking tube? Which, by the way, sounds a pretty cool way to die to me, too. Even I now, mean, I wouldn't years complain about going out like that. Yeah. <laughs> so, I have a question. The, the, the alien artifact, it's a bomb? A god bomb? Uh, yeah. It causes many big bangs? I mean, the, the way they explain it is that ninth dimensional matter, when it comes in contact with a three-dimensional universe would have spontaneous recreation or they they say like spontaneous creation or something like that. So as far as I'm aware, I mean, she, uh, Angela Bassett says at one point that, uh, it will, you take it home and then it'll drain. It'll, it'll drain your, uh, drain your son supernova it well, and blow your planet. It, away. First it enhances everyone on the planet to like, Godlike beings, then it does that. Well, see, I don't know me. because it's it's all in its shell throughout the entire movie. But Sweetie says that it's meant for omnidirectional dispersal, and it's like a like a three minute portion of the movie where she's like, "Oh yes, it'll do this and it'll do that," and it's made yeah. for omnidirectional dispersal. And then Angela Bassett says, "So you, it's a bomb," and she goes, "Yes." And I'm like, "Then why didn't you just say it was a bomb?" <laughs> yeah, it's a bomb that will uh, that takes years to yeah. happen. Like what this is a ninth what, dimensional bomb. Years? How hard would that have been to say? I think she said it takes fifty-one years for it to happen from beginning to end. That's what Sweeties tells us: is fifty-one years of growth, and then everything is destroyed. And then we get, man, maybe some of the shittiest written dialogue I've ever heard in a film. Huh. I'm gonna say it verbatim. Ver, uh, verbatim. Right. Nice. <clears throat> stars die so we can live. We die so stars can be reborn. No, that's not how it works, by the way. And that is a fucking terrible that's line a, of dialogue. That's a, that's a bad line. <laughs> yeah, the villain's <laughs> really says that. bad line. Yeah. Stars die so we can live. Okay, let's th- break that down. I guess he means like the Big Bang Theory, we're made of stardust. Sure. Okay. Yeah, okay, I'll take that one. We die so stars can be reborn? I guess because the mm. sun turns into a star eventually? I guess maybe if you consider it on a well, planetary scale. I mean, it is a star, scale. obviously, but I, you know what I mean. But, yeah, I mean, if you consider, like, if the Earth were to be atomized, then those atoms would fall into a celestial body and could become a new star. Uh, I, but that's I think very science, shaky logic. I, I think science isn't looked at very deeply in this. No. Uh, the mind robots were scarier villains than the one guy, though. I gotta say, like, that horror scene, it was very clearly a horror scene. It was like the drills busting through the wall, the claws ripping through things. It, you're right, though. It's all filmed in smoke, first of all. Mm-hmm. It's all filmed in low light. And it makes it where it's in, as you pointed out, there are, oh, Jesus, 30 cuts. I wish I could count them. <laughs> oh, I boy. may have to go back and re- can count yeah, them. Cutting, yeah, if you do that, my God, I feel bad for you. But, like, there's so many cuts in that short amount of film. And it's like, all of a sudden, it's like, they were like, look, a Sam Raimi bit. It's like they tried to do in that Sam Raimi super cut monster scene stuff. But it doesn't work because it doesn't have the charm or the zoom in. But, man, just, it's just, the movie has a lot of bad stuff in it. Yeah. 
I like when Lou Diamond bit. Phillips is doing push-ups, and they're like, look how strong he is now. Because he put his fist in that purple thing. Yeah, he could do he could do handstand push-ups. He yeah. wasn't exactly a slouch when we see him. Yeah, he's like a good-looking, I mean, built guy, and they're like, look how advanced he's become. I'm like, oh, yeah, he lost a little bit of gray in his temples. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everyone in this movie just makes the worst decisions. The captain makes the bad they decision so to go dumb. there. He makes the bad decision to go in the tube. Then they make the bad decision to bring the guy on. They make the bad decision to keep the guy. She decides to fuck the guy. That's a bad decision. Uh, Lou Diamond Phillips decides to fucking fist the alien orb. That's a bad decision. (laughs) Everyone makes bad decisions. And then in the middle of all this, a guy that's lying to them constantly, who they know is evil, he's like, well, if you want fuel, there's plenty down there. And James Spader goes, I trust you. I'll go down and get that fuel. What are you, a fucking moron? He's lied the entire time. Do you think he's going to like magically be like, listen, I told the truth this one time. There is fuel down there. But every other time is a lie. It's like, what are mm-hmm. you doing, man? Like, just people are stupid. And then they, they, they set up early in the film that there's a robot that can assist them named Flyboy. <laughs> this robot walks like, I can't even explain. It walks like somebody who just rode a horse for the first time. That's a a good way to put it. I like that. (laughs) Yeah, right? He's like, ooh, with his legs spread. He's like, bouncy, bouncy. I'm like, what the fuck is this thing? The the robot is clearly just a little guy in a a morph suit. And they talk about, oh, you know, Toonie, she dresses him up sometimes to make him seem more human. And we get that scene where they say that. We never see her do that. We never see her interact with the robot. But later, they dress the robot up like Nick. You know, a guy who's like a foot taller than this thing. And then they uh, they trick the bad guy into thinking Nick has the uh, the space dildo. <laughs> it, and I say space dildo because they try to reference it as a space dildo one time. Remember? Uh, yeah, she says something it could about be sex. an alien sex toy. Yeah. And she goes, because it looks like a dick. And then they cut away from her and it's like, fucking stupid. They can show boobs, but they can't say so, dick. What What is going on yeah, here? Yeah, dildo. Jesus. So, uh... Then they're in the zero gravity sex room and the robot's floating around with the fucking alien dildo. But before they go in there, the bad guy, and I told you to cut this. I don't know if you'll get it in here, but the bad guy says, Nick, this is how he says it. So that's bad. Um, But it made me laugh. Get her, Nick. Yeah, exactly. Because it reminded me of uh, the mummy with get her Nick, and I'm like, oh boy, Nick is the hero in two of these fucking films, man. <laughs> Nick's a very heroic name. Yeah. <laughs> so, some of the things uh, I've got on my notes here, mine are mine are largely technical notes, to be honest. Um, so, for instance, uh, did you know that H.R. Geiger actually did the concept art for this movie? Yeah, they didn't use barely any of it, but he did do the concept None art. None of it. Yeah. Yeah. And like, so one of the things that drove the budget through the ceiling compared to what it was supposed to be, um, the C- the CGI effects house that was doing all the CGI was digital domain. They were in a, they were under negotiations to be bought by MGM ah. and then it fell through as production was happening. So MGM planned on getting a really good deal on all their special effects. Because they were going to be in house. Yeah. Yeah, and then had to pay full market value for it instead. Whoops. Yeah, which is why um, one of the reasons one of the directors uh, left is because they had finished the director's cut of the film, 
and MGM was pushing super hard to get it screened in front of a preview audience. And he kept saying, you know, there's no effects in it. If you do this, it's they're going to hate it and you're going to drop the film and you're not going to want to continue with it and all this. MGM pushed, 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 finally did it. The director said, if you do this, I'm not going to be involved. He walks. They put it in front of a preview audience and it tanks, obviously, because so, you have a sci-fi movie with no CGI. What CGI changed this movie? The healing? They didn't put any of it in there. That's the thing. Like, for instance, the android was originally supposed to be completely CGI. Instead, they used the dude in a morph suit. Exactly. There was an entire scene that sounded awesome where uh, Dave uh, Spader's character would actually um, save one of the crew members from drowning in a globule of water. Like they were stuck in a glob of water. That would have been neat. That would have been awesome. But it takes so much CGI to do it that they, they cut it completely. You know what they had a budget uh, There was for, so much CGI cut from this movie that it, it could have been. And I mean, the CGI they had looked good. Yeah, but you know what? For the they time, cut so much of it. For the time, the CG looked good. The ships never looked shitty. Uh, when we got ship shots, it all looked pretty good. And yeah. the healing, healing can only look like one of two ways. You either have heal like Wolverine, or you have an energy heal. And he gets like an energy heal in this. It doesn't look bad. Yeah, it's fine. It, it now, squiggles around and then it's healed up. Did you know what the original movie was supposed to be? Did you find that in your research? Uh, I have a bunch of notes about what the original movie is, but please go into it. So the original movie was, it wasn't even called supernova. It was called death, a dead star. And it was a full on horror movie. That was basically like a Hellraiser in space. The alien artifact they found alien and aliens and wanted to like amp it up. So yeah, I can get that. So the thing they found, they were supposed to take it back to Earth, and it was basically supposed to open up a hell portal. Okay, well, where you even know what? That Beelzebub makes a little sense of why out. he's like a weird demon man, because it, it it's right? a fucking puzzle cube. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. I can see the bones <laughs> of that there. Yeah, they kept that part. It rewrote so much of the rest. So I, I noticed something, and this is going to be something that no one notices unless you're an idiot like me. There's a space axe on every wall, and they constantly are grabbing space axes. What do they need these axes for? <laughs> They're a medical ship. They are they hacking ship. limbs off with an axe? Because she has a laser scalpel. Uh-huh. So why well, do they have axes Well, a laser scalpel everywhere? won't go through glass, maybe. I don't know. Because well, lasers through go straight through glass. But also, another thing... What spaceship would be using glass? And there's several times where glass shatters on this ship. It's oh, like yeah. you would not have glass in a spaceship. No, yeah. Well, I mean, it would be plexi. Uh, Benjamin dies by getting thrown through glass multiple times. Yeah, he it just all dies. He doesn't ever even get like a hit that felt like a, a a mortal hit either. He just like he gets like pushed around a little bit. He gets that great scene where he shoots him directly in the forehead, and it heals up immediately. And he's like, uh, whoops. And then he throws him up against the wall, but it's not even a hard throw. He just kind of, like, tips over, like, a rack. And then he's, like, bleeding in the mouth. He's dead. I'm like, come on. How did he die? James Spader just got, like, thrown through six walls, and he's fine. But this guy dies after one fucking light fall? Yeah, it was a huge bummer to me that, I mean, granted, I didn't really care about ye old couple that bangs but yeah I him mean, i cared about a little bit i mean obviously but they were I all such throwaway characters. for racial reasons but i was like oh, he's so boring in this 
He doesn't even get right? any real See, dialogue. I was just so bummed that they were there so like those two especially, him and his girlfriend were there to die. They're there to be That was their entire purpose. Yeah. And then Benjamin's purpose was to basically introduce us to the computer and then die. Yeah. Well, and if they would have played with the love thing a little more, like show him like, I don't know, having the computer talk to him and jerking off or something showing like some type of relationship with that computer, then the end wouldn't come as a weird, like, Oh, by the way. And I was like, I I don't know. There's like something about it. Like the movie just feels like every idea, it put every idea it had into it, but didn't follow up on any of them. No, no. Uh, I just, I will say this. I was never bored. Uh, because yeah. I was just like, it's very quick moving. It moves like a slasher film and slasher films are designed to never keep you bored. They're designed to keep you going. Okay. What's next? This is a slasher film with a fucking insane budget. Yeah. I forget what the original, the original budget was supposed to be really small, like below 10 million. I mean, it's not like they had like big stars at the time. I mean, James Spader was like, this was years after Stargate. I mean, Lou Diamond Phillips was doing sci-fi movies, you know, the entire time. So I'm not even sure where the budget went as far as, I mean, the CG clearly. Yeah. But like, you can't spend all that money on CG, you know, like well, there had to be something that happened here that we're not, I, I mean, was, I guess hiring from, Francis Ford Cobula is expensive too. Yeah. To and from what I understand, a large portion of it was, um, the CG, and reshoots oh, because yeah, okay. this thing was reshot so many times. You can tell too because there's times where hair is a little different or and stuff yep. like that. I think every director that came in did reshoots except for Coppola. Yeah, he just took what was left. He took all the stuff and cut a film out of it. Yeah, it's not very long, is it? It's like uh, like it's right? about 120 minutes. Oh, that's nice. It's a two hour yeah. film. It felt it didn't feel like two hours, so I'll give it that. Well, maybe not. Maybe I'm. I think you're right. I think it was at least an hour. An hour. No, ninety minutes. Oh, okay. Well, that feels right. It felt like it felt yeah. like a ninety-minute movie. Good for them. I like an I like a good ninety-minute film every once in a while. Um, you know, I think we just got to go to the next part. Jesse, should it bomb? One, two, three, four. Well, I've been holding in since the dark in my morning. No. Wow. No, I don't think it should. Please um, elaborate, sir. So I I see why it bombed as per usual. Uh, marketing, obviously. Oh, I the was marketing. Aware of that. Marketing was I've insane. never seen marketing like this <laughs> this level of marketing was like like watching a comedy trailer and then going into a horror film. <laughs> Right, it was so wrong. I I laughed. I I was almost in tears when you sent me that today, and I couldn't handle it. I I had watched it like three times. I'm like, there's no way this is actually. Yeah, you're probably like, Brandon made this up. There is no way this yeah. was actually a trailer. How did that conversation go? Let's see. That was holy fuck. What have you done to me? And I sent him the trailer. <laughs> Why is this trailer 90% footage not in the film and cut like a comedy? I go, this is something else, man. Hands down, the opening of this episode is the trailer. My God. Jesse responds, "Okay, what the yeah, hell well, is that trailer? What's my response? Uh, you, do yeah, you have it up? I'll do mine here. All right. Yeah. Uh, so you sent me the trailer. Oh, God. I have this pulled up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, my God. Okay. What the hell was, is that trailer? I don't think I've ever seen a trailer for that movie. LOL. I said, I feel like I've been drugged watching that trailer than watching this film. Uh, where was the giant fetus saying, help me? What the fuck is happening? Or what the fuck? I just wrote, what the fuck? <laughs> Those aren't the same movie. I refuse to believe that a studio put that trailer out for that movie. No fucking wonder it bombed. Although, I would totally watch the cut of that movie too. And I said, oh, that's the official trailer, because I looked it into it to make sure I was right. And I said, like, the studio saw this and said, was like, yep, that's it. That captures the film. Sugar Ray's Fly and Three Dog Night songs. <laughs> I'm pretty sure those songs aren't even in the movie, which means they paid extra to license those tracks for a trailer that doesn't even match. Pukey face. <laughs> and I, I went on with... I was worried that this was going to be a boring podcast because the movie, I didn't know anything about it. But holy shit, I was wrong. That Carl dude might as well be trolling a mustache. He's so flamboyantly evil. Yeah, I said a bit. Just wait. It gets better. And then for the, uh, as always, I send him a picture, uh, yeah, a screenshot of the film. So I sent him the flyboy flipping off the bad guy. That's so good. Uh, mm-hmm. Not a guy in a morph suit. <laughs> not a guy in a morph suit. Uh, so. So. Yeah, I I do I do get why it failed. However, it had number one. I was not bored. I was interested the entire movie. I still watch this movie till this day. I've watched it many many times. Um, I still get enjoyment out of it. I like James Spader and Angela Bassett's characters. They're fantastic. I want more of them. I want more of what the bones of this movie were, not this actual movie. Yeah. Well, this is so. a classic example of a studio fucking over a film. Like, we get that a lot yes. in here. Um, I disagree. I think the movie should have failed because I feel like there's nothing original about this. Um, I never could quite put my finger on it, but you you just knocked it out of the park. This is just Alien and Hellraiser mushed mm-hmm. into a PG-13 film. Now, yeah. if this... Which blows my mind that they wanted to go 13. Yeah. Make it R and have all the fun stuff. Exactly. Like, if you would have went R and, and gone with the bizarro shit in this, then at least there would have been some originality and some chances here that I would have been excited about. But overall, I can't see myself ever watching this film ever again. Other than if somebody says it, I'll go, have you ever seen the trailer for it? Because the trailer is a trip. <laughs> the trailer is a trip. I was like, whoa, whoa, this is not the same movie. My mother loves this movie. Oh, you got to show her the trailer. I wait to show her that trailer. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, I wasn't bored. I enjoyed watching it. Uh, but, Jesse, what are we uh, What are we watching next week? All right. Well, let's find out. Magic movie number generator. Give me my number. And it is 60. Number 60 is... Huh, this is right for the season. Not for when you guys are listening to it, but for when it will come out. Or when we're recording it. Yeah. 1998's Jack Frost. Oh, the Michael Keaton one, not the horror one, right? Yeah. We are recording this in December, by the way. Yeah, so. it's, it just started. Yeah. Yeah. So this is the, the Michael Keaton Jack Frost, right? It is. Okay. Not, the, not the horror one where he, he rapes a girl in the shower with a... Carrot. Carrot. Yeah. It's Shane Elizabeth, weird. by the way, is the victim. It's like... Yeah, that's burned into my head. So I can say that I've never seen this film. I have I've seen it once. A very like probably I've seen the horror one many times. Yeah, I've I've never seen this. Yeah. Hmm. Should be interesting. I think I only watched it because it was Michael Keaton. I love Michael Keaton. 
I do know some weird backstory of this film because famously I know that George Clooney bowed out at the last second so the snowman was made to look like George Clooney. That's why the, the snowman looks nothing like Michael Keaton but looks Holy exactly crap, like George that. Clooney. Holy crap. Now, I did I, not know that, yeah, that but I see it now. That's the only thing I know about this movie. Things you cannot unsee. Yeah, yeah. When you when I say that, you're going to watch and go, that's George Clooney. That, that snowman is George Clooney. Yeah. All right, well, that should be fun. Uh, where can the good folks find you, Jesse? Easiest place to find me is on Twitter. I'm at Pen of Doom, P-E-N-O-F-D-O-O-M. I'm also on Twitter. I'm Brando Supreme. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook at the Box Office Bomb Squad. And you can send us emails to the magic talkie box at gmail.com. And if you'd like to go to anchor.fm, I believe there's actually a link in the show notes of each of these episodes. Uh, that'll take you to our page. You can leave us a voicemail if we get enough of them. We might just uh, listen to your words on the air or quietly cry ourselves asleep at night, depending on what you say. Um, also, somewhere on that page, there is a little coin jar. You can uh, you know, put a couple shekels in there if you so feel like it. But, uh, it's the Christmas you know. season. Not for you guys. It's already passed. But hey. <laughs> yeah. We really should plan when these are coming out and kind of like maybe talk like we're in the season instead of just being like, hey, we clearly pre-recorded this. Nah. That's a lot of work. That's a lot of work. <laughs> Plus, sometimes we just don't record. Now, actually, I think this one, I think this one might be coming out very, very close to uh, December 25th. Interesting. I Because I think I just, I just uploaded all of our most recent episodes and I believe they come out just before the holiday so i think this one this one might be like right there Hmm. um i can actually tell you and we can pretend like we knew all along that this is exactly how it was going to work out and you know yeah we knew uh so let's see our last episode would have come out on or will our last episode came out on uh december 22nd so yeah, this one will be um, right before New Year's, the 29th. Nice, perfect. So, perfect New happy Year's December film. 29th, everybody. <laughs> there we go. We got it. No, <laughs> meant right. to do that. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. We'll <laughs> hear you next time. See ya. <laughs>